Okay, this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. ZenParentingRadio.com. Welcome back. What are we talking about today? We are talking about being in the middle. Like me. I have an older brother and a younger sister. Is that what you mean? Uh, no. No. Um, I We are talking about being in our 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. somewhere in between there, and being parents of young children or children that obviously still need our care. Right. And also having parents who we may need to assist um, in some way, maybe on just a real basic level or on a more, uh, you know, on a bigger level. Yeah, broad spectrum there. Like sometimes it's small potatoes where you got to help your mom shovel the sidewalk because she's got a bad back. Which hopefully you've been doing most of your life anyway. Or to the point where, you know, parents become elderly and all of a sudden they need lots and lots and lots of help. Right. And so there was a book that came out a few years ago uh, by Kelly Corrigan called The Middle Place. And the story was about her being in that middle place because she was, and actually she also had to take care of herself too. Mm. Um, She found out she had cancer and her father ended up having cancer and then she had young children and she wanted to have more children so she was still kind of she was all over the place when did she write the book after she was after she was in remission wow um so and and i can't remember what happened with her dad but it was a really beautiful book and i think a lot of people it was very popular and i think a lot of people can relate to that place because like i said if you're in your 30s and sometimes it's younger for some people but usually it's 30s 40s maybe early 50s this is, um, you know, you're kind of in, you're on the front lines right. with your children and your parents. Right. Um, plus, this is the time of our career. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. This is where we're kind of at our busiest. This is kind of the height, the height of life, yeah. and I mean that in a good way. I, I don't mean like it's great. You know, I think that's what we're going to discuss. Is I think there's an assumption that it's going to be really chaotic or awful when really it's kind of beautiful Mm -hmm. um you can yeah i agree and then you wrote a blog this week that kind of talks directly to that point right yeah i wrote a blog about my dad because last week he was in the hospital Mm -hmm. and he um he is no longer in the hospital he is home so that's a good news but he um, just has some chronic issues. He's got um, some chronic heart issues, and it's just been—it's been going on for a long time, about twelve years now. Right. Yeah. And he's not always in a hospital. Like no. most of the time, he's functioning just fine. And my parents travel, and they live a very full life. Um, but there are times when uh, you know he needs support. My mom needs support, and my sister and I go into the role of more helping them, which we are happy to do. Right. I, and as a kid, um, well, as I guess as an adult, it's there's, you know, we always think of our parents as the ones who took care of us our right. whole lives. So there's like a um, paradigm shift, or there's yes. a relation. You know, there's just a complete shift there and it never happens in a single day no it kind of slowly kind of happens over time that's not to say our parents can't take care of themselves but there are moments or times when they need our help right and it's really weird you know what i have a story that involves you okay because my paradigm shift was a little bit instant right um when we were 12 years ago i my dad was admitted to the hospital he had a a serious heart attack and he ended up having a stroke and it wasn't good Mm. it was a really uh dark day and todd and i had just started dating right so you came to the hospital with me and Mm. you didn't even know any of my family so it was the first time you met everybody it was crazy yeah kind of weird circumstances weird circumstances and and they actually told us that my dad wasn't going to make it right most likely so i looked at you and I said, will you please help me with my finances? <laughs> Do you remember that? No, As I As you don't. were walking out with Jess? No. I was like, will you help me 
Um, and I may not have because said with my phone. You- I just had a very hard time taking care of my checkbook and everything. And my dad would always help me. Right. And then you and, thought of your dad not being around. And I was possibly. thinking like how, and again, that was the least of my concerns mm-hmm. in, in the real world. But my mind was going and I was like, I don't know how, it was like one of those little pieces of my life where I was like, he has always helped me with this. And I realized, and what I ended up doing is I said those words to you. But I ended up figuring it out on my own. Right, but and in that moment, you felt like you needed. I was missing my dad. You yeah. know, I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, of all, you know, he does so many things for me. But that was one of the things he's always helped me with is like, you know, figuring this out, working this out. And um, I was like, will you help me? And I, I don't. I remember saying it. I don't remember your response. I'm sure I said absolutely not. Figure it out for yourself. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but anyway, that as, was a huge shift. And for as me. long as we're talking about your dad, didn't tell me the general experience you had because your dad used to go with you to go buy a car. And didn't, yes, didn't that was dad, the other thing. Didn't your dad like say to the car salesman, "Listen, Bozo, I'm not here to play <laughs> yes. games." We would go. Um, oh, look at the cardinal. I'm sorry, but it's so pretty. Do you see that cardinal? No, I just see our garage. <laughs> okay, well, I see a cardinal out there, and it's so pretty. Um, my dad would always take me when I needed to buy a new car. And this is what I'm talking about with finances. I don't mean my dad was always giving me money. Right. I mean that he would help me with things right. that he were money management. He would help you management. figure things out on your side. So we would go. Um, he helped me two or three times. And we'd go sit down. And he'd just right away say to the guy, listen. Listen. We're not, I'm not going to play games with you. And don't. how did that make you feel? You were probably uncomfortable. <laughs> well, like- of course. Because I was like, oh. Well, if my personality was such back then that I wanted everyone to be happy and, right. and not be uncomfortable. So I was uncomfortable for the other dudes' uncomfortable. Right. And your dad was completely content oh playing this role. For sure. He, I mean, how many cars has he bought in his lifetime where he's like, listen, I'm yeah. totally not playing this game with you. Do not try and upsell us. Right. Do not try and do this and that. <laughs> and then we'd be out of there in about 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He was good car. at it. He was good. He was good. Thank goodness. I know. So. Because um, you probably would have gotten taken for a ride. Like when, well, uh, if I would have gone all by myself oh, without being, I, again, this is like in my early twenties. I now I would know what to do. Well, at the Jiffy Lube, didn't that guy upsell you in the special <laughs> SUV motor oil? Like, oh, I don't remember. Did oh, that got, happen? Yeah, I saw your receipt. No, this is like a few years ago, so it's okay. not like it happened last okay. week. But I go, oh my gosh, it was like forty five dollars for an oil change. It's usually like twenty three. Oh my gosh! And you're like, oh well, we had to get the special motor oil. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. And you see, because I I didn't do Jiffy Loops. My dad always taught me to take your car to a dealership every three. Oh, okay. To when to get it taken care of. That's what I learned. Right. And and you know, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's just what I had integrated sure. from you know being in my family. So going to a Jiffy Loop was probably a new experience for me. I was like, okay, just yeah. do what you do. Yeah. You. Yeah. Exactly. So I said, no, we're gonna get the normal 10W40 or whatever it was <laughs> next time. Next time. So the point of that is. Is I think there's points in our life where we really are still taken care of by our parents, mm-hmm. and my parents still take care of me in emotional ways, and they're good listeners, and we, you know, they take us on vacations, and mm-hmm. they still take care of us in many ways. But there's pieces where, when you become an adult, I think you realize that now some of that has changed, yeah. where you have to not only look out for yourself and your spouse and your kids, but also think about your parents mm-hmm. and or an aunt or you know whoever in your family that you feel you want to you know make sure that they're okay. Well, and it's so heavy. Um, you know, I don't want to get into all the details of my experience with uh, my stepdad, who right. died of pancreatic cancer uh, it, JC's eight, eight, eight years, years ago, ago, something like that. But I just remember because I think we've all had these experiences where you're kind of living at a hospital for months and months, yeah. and it just totally sucks. And um, I don't know how this relates to what we're talking about, but I just remember being jealous, going out to eat, and I'd be jealous of people who were eating dinner, dinner uh-huh. and didn't have the heaviness of what I was feeling. Right. 
And I just, I couldn't, it, it's just a weird emotion to be mad at somebody at McDonald's because I don't even know who they are. I just see them laughing and I'm like... You make an assumption. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really big. It's a good conversation because you're really not mad. You're Like you said, you're envious. Yeah. You're not even... Jealous is like, you right. know... I'm envious. envious. Is your, I wish I had that lightness. And the reason that you can look at them and realize their lightness is because that's how you normally are. Right. And so you look at that and you say, wait, that's I how I want to be. Instead, I'm, eat, I'm eating cafeteria food watching my stepdad struggle. Right. And, oh, right. And, and, you know, most of us at this age, we've had that experience with somebody, mm-hmm. um, someone we love, and it's very difficult. Um, but that's what's interesting. That's kind of what the blog is about, is about even in those times um, when it can feel really dark and heavy, how are we going to relate to that experience? Right. Are we going to feel, and it's normal to feel all those things, being envious of other people. I remember actually when my dad was in the hospital and living there, and um, you and I went out to eat. Mm-hmm. You took me out to dinner, and I had the exact same experience. We were sitting outside when I lived um at Southport and Roscoe. Okay. Remember that restaurant, Red Tomato, I think it was? It was across the street from... Tomato Head? Toma- no, that was the pizza place. It doesn't matter. I think it was Red Tomato. Okay. But anyway, I remember we were sitting outside, and I had the exact same experience of looking around and being like, everything was so foreign to me. Right. Like what I used to do. Yeah. Like going to a bar yeah. or going right. you know, going out or Doing having things full- frivolously just for the sake of fun. Right. Because you were having no fun. I, you were living in a hospital. Well, but that's, again, what was weird when I want to talk about. Because we actually did, and this is it's got nothing to do with my dad being sick, but we did make fun out of it. You know what I mean? Like my girlfriends would come visit um, a few times and we'd go out to eat and you would come stay and we'd always eat really good food. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it was fun to be in the hospital. I'm saying you've got to make a choice of when you're there, how you are going to react in this time. So normal to be sad. I did a lot of crying and we did with Rich too when he was sick, your stepdad, and you do a lot. There's a lot of grieving, but you find beauty in those moments of being able to be together and being able to support each other. Something that's so... um, helpful is when your parents allow you to to help them Mm -hmm. i think sometimes parents like no 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 let us do it all by ourselves and when parents allow you to help them it is it feels good right you know i mean it it can be difficult and you have to take time for yourself and do self-care which is what we always talk about you've got to carve out all these pieces but it's really a beautiful mix of things you know being able to care for our children being able to care for our parents and and instead of going into it feeling that it's just the worst time ever. Can we find the good pieces? Right. Like, can you? I don't know. If well, you can... it's funny because I, I was a little uh, fearful of telling the story, but um, I've talked on our show many times about my inability to express emotion. Right. And the last one I completely poured out my feelings was not when Rich died. It was actually before that. Right. And it um, was when we heard he was going into hospice. Well, um, he was going home. Well, my story was um, we were. I was at the hospital with him once again, and I knew he was not getting better, oh, and it was very obvious. Yeah. And then I, you know, the nurse said, well, you should, um, you should get him to eat something. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I tried to get him to eat some Cheerios. Yeah. And I, um, and he didn't want to eat it. And I just knew, I'm like, this man is not doing well. And I just knew that I this was I can't even not, get him to eat. I can't even get him to eat uh, some Cheerios. And I completely broke down and lost it. And I was crying loud and... I don't know. The nurses probably stayed away just because they knew that I was. Mm-hmm. And I completely let it all out. So then after that, the beautiful part of the story is that, you know, Rich was kind of half in, half out of it. And then he kind of woke up and he said, now let's have some of those Cheerios. Yeah. So like through my tears, I, you know, helped him eat, eat some Cheerios. Right. And 
you talk about the beautiful things. He gave me a gift of being able to release my emotion. And it's right. the last time that, you know, sadly or not sadly, that I was able to, to just completely let it all pour out. So, And he gave you the gift of allowing you to care for him. Right. You know, that's what you were trying to do. And you're like, let me do something. Because right. the interesting thing is, it's kind of like when your child is sick. I feel like we as parents struggle more when our children are sick. They're, they have their fevers. They're uncomfortable. They're, of course, not feeling well, but they are almost in a dream state mm-hmm. where they're kind of just, you know, moving through whatever pain or uncomfortableness they're having, and we're watching them helpless. Mm-hmm. And it it's a struggle for us. And if we can feel like we're doing something to assist, like something, you know, that you and I have found is if we can rub the girl's feet with oil or if we can help them take a bath or if we can, you know, help them drink fluids or do something that's somewhat holistic, you know, so we feel like we're like moving and helping them. It helps us feel like we are doing a value in that situation. Because you kind of feel worthless because you see your loved one, whether it's one of our girls just having the flu or just not feeling well, you you just kind of get, I don't know, your insides start you know, getting all mixed up and getting right. screwed up and you feel like I need to do something. And, and then you know what happens? Hmm. Then we start to, then the people who are sick um, may feel like they have to do something for us. And again, this is a little different than Rich and mm-hmm. his gift to you. That mm-hmm. was a very different circumstance. But, or we feel, we get frustrated at them, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, why don't you just sit up or you need to walk around and we want them to do that. So we feel right. better. It's about us. It's about our needs instead of what they really need, instead of really being present to what is. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron Katie, who's someone we've talked about a lot. She wrote a book called loving what is, and what that means is truly being there there and allowing it to be mm-hmm. and also you know like i said of course we all want to do something and you know if you can figure out a way to soothe them like you rubbed jc's legs the other night she couldn't fall asleep right during the testing right she was feeling really sick to her stomach and todd rubbed her legs because we can't say oh you know what parents will do is say oh your stomach's fine or oh you shouldn't eat that then or oh you're just you know we want them to not feel it so we don't have to struggle right, right. and the first step is to have the awareness of why you're saying something like that right because you can't do anything about it unless you first say, hey, this is about my baggage. Right. It has nothing to do with the person that I'm in the room with. Right. So you got to have, we have to have this awareness. And then what can we do about it? You know, like you said, rubbing their feet. I mean, you right. rubbed your dad's feet in the hospital yeah, last week. Yeah, I gave week. him my good furry socks. And, and how did that make oils. you feel? Well, great. And and I think um, he, he had cold feet, so he really needed my socks. And I was so happy that I had them. And I was so happy that I had oil. And I don't pretend that that is going to make him all better. It's just my, it's these small gifts where mm-hmm. you can be like, this is something that's meaningful to me right. that I want to help you with. And, and of course he loved it. And it's just an exchange of energy. Right. Um, and, and that's the same thing with our parents. If they're struggling in any way to not be so annoyed or think they should be different or wish that we didn't have this situation. I mean, those feelings come up, but can we be present for what is and try and support them in the way that we can and also take care of ourselves in the process? This is a multi-layered right. discussion well, because we can go one way and then forget about the other way. Right. Yeah. If all you're doing is doing, if you, give, if, give. if all you're doing is giving to the energy to help your dad feel better or help our children feel better and you're forgetting about yourself, then I can't do it. Right. That's when I'm going to want everyone else to feel good so I can feel good. I'm going to look to everyone else and say, if you feel good, then I can feel good and it's got to go the other way i have to learn how to feel good so i can support other people in feeling good so it's the exact same thing we've been talking about since day one on the show we have to make sure that we are we are present enough and taking care of ourselves enough and detaching a little bit from kids for from a little bit and parents for a little bit so we can come into ourselves again and then 
being full and giving out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's the same thing as the empty cup. You know, if you're completely empty, you have nothing to give. You need to fill up your cup so you have something to offer. And if you don't, then you're not offering something of value. You're offering that lack. You're offering, and if you really are feeling that lack, you have to be honest. You know, like my mom is really good. She's had to spend so much time in hospitals with my dad that she really has to say, I have to go home and sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people be like, I'll be there every second. She needs to sleep. Yeah, that's, so not, she, that's not good for anybody. No, she has to come back the next day and she has to take care of herself to be a caretaker. She's got to recharge her battery. Exactly. Just like the rest of us. We all do. And so that's something we need to remember and, you know, however we're caregiving. Right. In that so um, this blog that you wrote, yeah. um, you just switched over from Chicago Parent. Will you talk? I did. Where, where can you find sure. yourself now? I'm still going to be writing for Chicago Parent Magazine, but my blog is now located at chicagonow.com. And it's a group of Chicago bloggers, all different, you know, all different kinds of topics, but there is a parenting section. But all you have to do is go to chicagonow.com and it'll say what blog are you looking for? And you, top, you type in either my name, Kathy mm-hmm. Ksani Adams or Kathy Adams or the self-aware parent and it'll pop up. Um, it's super easy to and find. And there's a box on the right-hand side that you can subscribe to it. So when you come to my blog, you on the, like you said, on the right, you can just type in your email. And so every time I write something, it'll come to your inbox. Right. So then you don't have to search for it anymore. Right. And I don't. I write once a week, maybe more, but more like once a week. So you're not going to get inundated with mail or anything. Um, and then I also post it on Facebook and um, you know Twitter and all those places. Yeah, don't forget to share it. If it's something you value, and this one about your dad is yeah. really, really good. Yeah, so, so again, chicagonow.com. Um, and then what other workshops do we have cooking? So we have kind of, so April is kind of a fun month. Because okay? it's tax season. Is that why it's fun? You know, that's funny because you are in charge of taxes, speaking of being in charge of finances. Yes. I don't do much there except I, hand you my, my things in the mail. Yeah, your receipts. My receipts. No, the W whatevers. The W whatevers. <laughs> Yikers. I had to do my taxes a long time ago, but that's something I was happy to hand and off And you remembered to. them so well because you say that they're called the W whatevers. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so in April, Zen Parenting Radio is doing family yoga at um, the Daily Method in Elmhurst, and if you don't know what the Daily Method is, it's a you know it's a, it's a ex- studio. It's a studio. It's an exercise studio in, in Elmhurst, and their phone number is six three zero eight three two thirty two forty five. Or you can go to thedailymethod.com. And what is that sound? I don't know. It's okay. just in your head. Okay, I think it's somewhere else, but. I don't know what that is. Anyway, you can go to their website and you can um, call and make a reservation to be at our yoga class. It's, again, April 13th. So that's Friday the 13th. Remember, we talked about that last Jason time. Jason Voorhees. Right, exactly. Um, and so make an appointment to, or it's not an appointment, make a reservation. What yeah. do you say? Reserve your spot. Reserve your spot. That's better language. So that's fun. And then the very next day, April 14th, which is a Saturday, that morning, I'll actually be on WGN that morning. Wow, you got a busy weekend. I know. It's going to be fun. I love this stuff. And then later that day, I am doing a women's workshop. This is just for women called Raising Girls Who Love Themselves. And I'm excited about this because we're going to talk about um, embracing our womanhood and our sexuality and understanding ourselves better so we can teach our girls to do the same. Right. Because a lot of times we're trying to teach outside of ourselves, like show our girls, oh, you know, love yourself, love yourself, but we aren't loving ourselves. Right. And the way that they learn is by watching us. Just for the moms. No kids Just there. Just for the moms. But what did we end up doing? Uh, oh, we're going to do something with the dads. We had so many calls from people saying, can I bring my husband to this raising girls who love themselves? And you said absolutely not. I said, no, no men allowed. 
No boys. No boys. No boys. And um, so we decide. Todd and I decided that together we are going to do a guys, a dads workshop for a, called Raising Girls Who Love Themselves. Right. And we're going to do that in May. That's May 19th. It's a Saturday. Again, we'll talk about these things over and over again, but we want to put them out there. So it's just for dads. And it's going to also be at the Daily Method. And you can go, again, you can go online, dailymethod.com and check it out. Or you can call the number 630-832-3245. And what sucks about this is any parents out there that have boys are getting ostracized. Well, but this is Are just, we sexists? No. Well, well, first of all, we have three girls. Yeah, so this is our to... this is our wheelhouse, right? This right. is our area of expertise. But also, I feel like the reason I did the Raising Girls Who Love Themselves, the reason I uh, created that workshop is I feel like that's a place that moms really need to work on, mm-hmm. meaning that we all do, myself included, where we have to realize that we are, to raise girls in this world, we have to do the work first. Right. We, if we really want our girls to love themselves and have a high self-esteem and strong body image, we have to do that. We can't just push them out in the world and say, I didn't do this work, but you go do it. Right. We have to do it. And so to me, raising Raising strong women is super important. I have that, you know, raising strong boys is just as important, and maybe we will do something on that. But right now, my focus is the girls. First things first. The chicas. This is the lowest hanging fruit because we have three daughters. Yeah, it just is kind of like my, it's with one of my areas of love. That's right. So, anyway. Um, Anything else to promote? Um, No, I think that's it. Tree of Life. Oh, Tree of Life. They are chiropractors. They are. And they're awesome. They are. And we, um, we, you know, I was talking about how my dad was in the hospital. We, uh, he got out, what, Friday? Yes. And then on Saturday, he decided he was well enough to come meet us for right. lunch, which blew our minds. Funny, yeah. um, that he was ready to do that. But anyway, all five of us went to the chiropractor that day and got adjusted that morning. And I just love, it's like one of my favorite things in And the your world. dad's a big fan of chiropractors. He's been, he's gone to chiropractors at, at least since he's been with my mom. Because my mom was the one who started the whole chiropractic thing. But he's been going to one for years and years and years since I was a little girl. And it's really, you know, when you look at how well he's done considering the issues that he's had um chiropractic is definitely one of the things that one keeps of the his factors. immunity yeah, yeah. It keeps his immune system up and keeps him um he's even had back issues per se that mm-hmm. really you know we're talking about immune system just um you know keeping strong inherently strong but he's even hurt himself and the um he broke his leg mm-hmm. all sorts of things i forgot about that yeah the old in the article leg. he broke his leg um but anyway uh, the chiropractor has been a real gift to him yeah so go see uh dr kelly tree of tree life, of life. Cairotree.com. Dot com. So now where are we going? Uh, Poofin. Uh, we'll do the Poofin and uh, Abbott at the end. All right. Um, so now where are we going? Well, did you want to finish up anything about this middle place? I don't know. Um, I don't really have anything on top of my brain regarding the middle well, place. Well, let me, can we just finish by saying that um, the most important thing, and we kind of we kind of touched on this, but the most important thing is realizing the energy that you bring when you're coming into a situation where someone is um, is sick or not well or struggling, um, one thing I last week I found myself listening to Jill Bolte Taylor's mm-hmm. um, interview again. Right. And for those of you who don't know who that is, she's a woman who um, she's is, a is crazy. She's a brain scientist, and she happened to have a stroke, mm-hmm. which started to um, she had a, a stroke on the left side of her brain, and she actually says. Uh, you know, we saw she did a TED clip right. um, on TED.com where she actually explains what was happening. She said, 
as it started to happen, she thought, this is so cool. Right. I'm a brain scientist. I'm having a stroke, and I know exactly what's happening yeah, to me. it's a pretty cool thing. It's really cool. So, But what ended up happening is she ended up losing the left side of her brain, and so she only had the right. And for those of you who don't know, the left side of your brain is your logical thinking and the way that our language and the way that we piece things together. It's the way we box things in mm-hmm. and make sense. Our right side of our brain is our present moment. Right. So it's just being here. It's being a piece of energy. It's being love. It's being all those things. And she only had that left. So the only way, you know, I'm jumping to the chase here because the story is longer, but the only way that she could relate to people was through energy. Mm-hmm. And so she started to realize that when a nurse or doctor would walk in her in her room, in her hospital room, she would feel their energy and she started to be able to somehow communicate that people needed to be responsible for their own energy. Mm-hmm. Because if they came in heavy mm-hmm. or they came in with a whole bunch of issues or anger or frustration, it hurt her. Mm-hmm. It literally hurt her spirit. Like... She would have a harder time healing. She wouldn't feel good. And if someone walked in and looked her in the eye and loved her and touched her, she would feel mm. so good. So you're so the reason you say that story is when, let's say, we have a, a loved one in the hospital, what we are bringing into that room directly affects the yes. well-being of that person whom we love. If you come in pissed off and carrying all this weight of the world and your annoyance that they're there or you can't believe this is happening to you, if that's the energy you're bringing in, you are really harming them right you are not feeding them healing energy right. you you're are dra- you're draining you're them. draining them of right. energy and if you can take care of yourself enough to release that or have a good cry before you go in or and again there's nothing wrong with having emotion in front of people right it's not about don't cry it's about carrying the heaviness mm-hmm. of the you know the oh poor me and oh, you know well I you think, can be sad and heavy without being negative yes you can be sad and be very loving right. and be very authentic right. and very present right you know an emotion is just simply an emotion it doesn't mean that it's bad or good you know as we talk about over and over again at nauseum on right. the show um but when you come in saying oh and i had to do this and you know i you know i'm so overwhelmed and you you carry in your stress yeah versus if you and and you know what you guys the same goes with your children mm-hmm. this isn't just and it's not just about going into a hospital room it's walking into anyone's home it's walking into a school it's walking into your work and this is easier said than done because so many of us todd are so used to feeling stressed we don't know the difference right we don't know what it's like not to be stressed we just feel like you know that's the way it is this is my normal state of mind i don't know what you're talking about yeah um and so there is some levels of of understanding and self-awareness to be done Mm -hmm. um so we can you know. And how do we become aware by doing certain things that fill our own tank, whether that be breathing or meditating or exercising, you know, any of the things that we've talked about on the show over and over and over again. Exactly. And if you're at a big, if you're at a starting point with this, one of the big things is just being aware of it. Right. Can you be aware of your energy? Right. Can you notice that maybe you're heavy mm-hmm. and then maybe figure, you know, that's always the first step. You know, one of our teachers always said to us, you know, we would say, well, here's my big awareness. And she'd say, great, mm-hmm. just sit with that for a little bit. Right. You don't have to do, do, do. Right. Just, just be just with have that. It. Just realize yourself, right. you know, notice yourself. And, and so realize how much that can help you in feeling your own joy and being mm-hmm. able to... Um, and then it spreads. And then it spreads. And so if you are like Todd and I are in this middle place... Um, then, which I think many of you are, then, you know, realize that it's all about your self-awareness first. Right. And then... That's where it has to start. If you just give all your energy to something outside of yourself and you don't have anything for yourself, it's going to run out quickly. It does. And it's inauthentic anyways. 
It is, yeah, and it, it's yeah, that whole pretending thing. But like, even for me, sometimes it's just little things. Like this could be with my parents or with my kids. You know, like I'll just go get a coffee, so that makes me feel good, and then I'll go pick up my children. Right. You know, I feel like I'm more ready. It gives me something. It doesn't have to be big, huge things. It doesn't have to be the big meditation. It can just be, or I will sit. Like this morning, I taught yoga, and then before I went up to be mom, I sat for ten. Because when I'm teaching, I'm not getting the full yogic experience because I'm teaching. Right. So I had to come down, and I sat down here for 10 minutes before I went up and became mom mm -hmm. and can you do those small things and you're and people will say oh that doesn't do anything but that's because you're not doing it right people who like to poo-poo it it's because they they don't believe yeah and they got to give it a chance it may and, not happen overnight it and it never does you know anyone who thinks that meditation or any of these things deep breathing is like you do it once it doesn't help see ya that's what people think about chiropractic too. Right. I did it once; it didn't help. See ya. Some things that it's are a really, process. It's a process. So um, to close out the show here, um, our two sponsors: Avid Painting and Remodeling and Rehabbing all of the Chicagoland area. And they just painted our uh, posts, and they yeah. look really nice. They're doing a wonderful job for us. So give them a call: six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred. And uh, poofin.com, um, star-shaped pillows. Star-shaped pillows and this big soft pillow. And um, Easter's coming up, so maybe um, they could get some charms with little bunnies on Easter bunny, them. that's right. Easter bunny. I was going to do that commercial, that Cadbury egg commercial. Yeah, I don't know that one. Where he says, bok, bok. I can't remember. Bok, bok. That's a chicken. <laughs> I know. Oh, is that the whole joke? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. Someone who's listening is going to know what I'm talking about. Bok, bok. I love your chicken <laughs> impersonation. Really good. Thanks. You should YouTube that. I will. You know what? I'm going to put this up on YouTube so someone knows what I'm talking about. Bok, bok. Okay. All right. Um, so this is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Uh, have a good week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.